Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Hey, how many ready to get in the Word this morning? Let's do it for the next 25, 30 minutes. Let's get in. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Man, I've been out of the pulpit for two weeks, and uh, we actually kicked off this collection of talks entitled A Disciplined Mind. Everybody say A Disciplined Mind. All right. Let's go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. It says this, this is why we never give up. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, say, never give up. <clears throat> this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles, everybody say problems. problems. Everybody say big problems. Y'all remember that movie, um, Pretty Woman? She walks in that store, she said, big problem, huge problem. What's that got to do with the message? Absolutely nothing. Here we go. For our present troubles, listen, the troubles that you are facing, you and I are facing, are small and won't last very long. Somebody say praise the Lord. Yeah. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze or fix our eyes on things, fix our attention on things that cannot be seen. We can see all the negative stuff, all the craziness on social media, but don't fix your eyes on all the stuff you can see. Reset your focus and turn on your spiritual eyes, church, hello, and begin looking at the things that you can't see with your natural eye. Those are the things that will last forever so we don't look at the troubles we can see now rather we fix our eyes on things that we cannot that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone y'all remember y'all remember i just he he just throws things in my mind y'all remember myspace it doesn't even exist anymore can you imagine 10 years from now facebook may not even exist anymore (gasps) what are we gonna do with our time how will i get out my opinion and my two cents which is all it's worth. How will I communicate? I don't know. (laughs) Try your mouth. (laughs) Try it. Some of y'all are like, Gator? No, no, no. (laughs) Y'all, 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 y'all be trying. Listen, set our eyes on things that we cannot see. Everybody say discipline mine. It's been said that a disciplined mind, a disciplined mind leads to happiness and an undisciplined mind leads to suffering. Yes, an undisciplined mind will lead to chaos. If you have chaos and confusion in your life, check out your mind. What are you putting in front of you? What are you thinking? What are you you seeing? Because what you're focusing on is the direction that you were headed. You got to know this. Listen. A disciplined mind isn't a sign that everything is going to go is going great in your life. That's not a sign of discipline. Happiness is a, excuse me. Happiness is a sign that when things aren't 
so great that I can be happy because I have a disciplined mind not to lose my mind. That's happiness. Because I've disciplined my mind that when things get crazy and I should lose my mind, I've, I've, I've surrendered that and I have the mind of Christ. Because y'all know when things go rough, we say all kinds of stuff out of our mouth. I don't need any spouses nudging nobody right there. Baby, you know what you said last night. See, the pastor's talking to you. Listen, a disciplined mind is a mind that is being held accountable. I told you two weeks ago, we don't like accountability. We don't like discipline because it sounds too much like I, I got to be accountable to somebody. Listen, every thought held accountable. Think about that. Everything I see on Facebook held accountable. What's consuming your mind today? Is it finances? Is it your future? Is it your family? Is it a relationship breakup? Is it worry? Is it a life of comparison? What, what has your mind all twisted up today? Listen, your life is always, I told you this, Pastor Greg Rochelle, this amazing quote, I love it, that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Whatever you think about the most, that's where you're headed. That person that slips out on his spouse or her spouse and gets into another relationship, that did not happen just because, oh, she looks good or he looks good. And No, no, no. It started in your mind because you didn't discipline your mind and you start watching things. See, we'll take God's tithe money and we'll go to the movie theater. We may not commit sin. We may not commit adultery, but we'll take God's tithe money and we'll go pay to watch somebody else entertain us and them do it. I didn't think that would go over too well. What am I saying? What you're watching is going to be what you're thinking, and what you think will dictate what you do. Listen, if you don't like your life, check your thoughts. If you don't like your spouse, it's not them. Hot news flash, check your thoughts. If you don't like how your day is playing out, check your thoughts. It was American author Napoleon Hill that wrote this. Self-discipline begins with the mastery of your thoughts. That's where self-discipline comes in, with the mastery of your thoughts. If you don't control what you think, you can't control what you do. You can't. It's impossible. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The mind is powerful. Touch your neighbor, tell him, say, master your thoughts. So how do we do it? How do we master our thoughts? I gave you this word. Some of y'all saw a picture. Well, I, I heard a picture was taken. I saw the picture of when I started talking about meditation and your pastor set up in the chair like, like a little Buddha and was talking about licking crystals and all kinds of stuff. If you missed it, you need to go back and watch it because I can't reduplicate that because, no, because some of y'all got your phone already waiting to see what happens, what Pastor B's going to do for blackmail, blackmail back, Yeah. But it, 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 it's so true. Meditation. Meditation is the answer to how we master our thoughts. Stay with me. Don't tune me out. Meditation is mentioned throughout Scripture, yet we don't hear much of meditation mentioned in the church. But meditation is a way that we set our course. Meditation is a way that we set our direction. I'll explain in just a moment, what I mean by meditation, because I don't want some of y'all to think I'm referring to what you know as Eastern meditation. Listen, life is moving at such a crazy fast pace. I told our leadership team this morning, I always say, and I have been saying for the past 
five, six years. When it gets to the holidays, things are going to slow down. We can just kind of, you know, enjoy family. It, that's not what's happening. I don't know. About, if y'all found out the answer, please let me know. But it's almost like the calendar, when the clock changed, it changed speed too. Anybody else? And, 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 and so life is moving at a crazy fast pace. And, and it, it, if we don't know where we're going, if we don't set our course, listen, life will swoop in and dictate your direction. If you don't determine where you're headed, society will give you a heads up. Listen, meditation is the moment where we get intentional. Everybody say that word, intentional. That means on purpose. We intentionally stop and define where it is that we're going and what we're doing. Does anybody, and I've asked this every year as we come around, uh, for the past five years I've asked, does anybody still set goals? Does anybody come around, uh, as we come around into December, you set goals of things you want to do? It's the same as it has been the past year. There was a time, that's a dangerous place to live, by the way, because what that says is, I don't really have a direction. Where are you headed? If we were to sit down for coffee at Starbucks, or if you prefer Krispy Kreme, I'm your man. If we sat down for a donut and a cup of coffee, and I said, where are you going in life? What are you doing? I would see your goals. Something dad always instilled in Josh, Brittany, and I. Set goals. I'll never forget growing up in the house. There'll be a Ohio State magnet with a set of goals for the week or, or a set of goals for the year. After dad passed away and we were, we were going through some things in his office, yeah, this one was goals for, for 2019. This is in his own handwriting. This was 2019 into 2020, and it was reduced debt. How many say that's a goal? I mean, these are literal goals. Do you, do you want to stay in debt or do you want to get out of debt? It starts by writing down the vision and making it plain. Come on. Because a man without a vision <laughs> will perish. And, and, a, and a double-minded man, that's, well, I don't know, I'll, I'll do that if this happens, and, and then I'll do that, but if this doesn't, that's double-minded. And the Bible says he will be unstable in all of his ways. You can't figure out why you got so much chaos. It's because you're unstable. Why? Because you haven't set goals. I'm hoping that this changes for somebody. I, I, even for me, I want to change. I want to I want, Reduced debt, monthly dates. What was that? That's dad and Robin going out. Date night, mate night. For those of you that have been to, been to the marriage conference in Georgia, dad put it on the calendar. Why? Because if you don't put it down, the calendar will run right over your life and, and the things that are most important to you and the things that God blesses you with, you will not appreciate. Mentoring group, wanting to mentor. Y'all know dad was always about mentoring, passing on, and, and leaving a legacy. That's what he did. And then speaking engagements. Dad, dad didn't like the word retirement. When we transitioned the ministry, dad didn't just say, I'm folding up and I'm done. Dad, dad closed the gap every day of his life. What, what's the gap? I, I, that's the message that I preached that right after he passed. He lived a life of closing the gap where, where, the, where society wants to create a gap. Between where you are and where God has the plan he has for your life. Mentor somebody. Speaking engagements. Finish chapter one and two. That was of his dissertation for his doctorate. And then finish up at the district. And y'all know how that happened. They, the, the college, he, he, he didn't even get to complete. He was done the work, but he didn't get to be um, acknowledged for his work as a doctorate. 
And y'all know the story how the, how the school called us and said, hey, we want to, not just an honorary doctorate, we're going to give, he earned it. Amen. Dad accomplished everything on the goals for 2020. Can you, can you say you've accomplished everything for your life? Well, if you haven't set goals, well, they're mental. Well, guess what? The enemy will bombard your mind with so much information and so much stuff, you'll forget about the goals. Write it down. And then after, after our mom passed, he called it vision board. PhD completed. He, 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 I want to complete it. Motivational speaking, mentoring. Life coach, mentoring. Leaving a legacy. Let me challenge you today. I'm not trying to pull on your heartstrings. The Holy Spirit said, get those. I knew I, they were in the house. Go get them. Now I know why we kept this, this stuff. Because it's a reminder of how we're supposed to live. So I challenge you, church. Set some goals. You that are married, set some relationships. Set individual goals and then set goals that you want to reach together. And then go after it. Like the devil's trying to steal it from you. Because he is. Let me just keep on moving. I hope I'm helping somebody out today. I'm trying to help some people. Set goals. I love the opening text today. It's a letter written by Paul to the church at Corinth. What's so interesting to me is that most of the time when Paul is writing letters that we, that we read in the New Testament, that he's writing to the church, a church much like Release City Church today. He's writing to a church because they're facing some type of opposition, some type of problem. Anybody face opposition in your life? Face troubles? He wants to encourage you and I today to stay the course and not give up. Those words, too, will burn in my spirit for as long as I'm drawing breath. Walk quietly and stay the course. It's hard to stay the course when I'm, i got to tell everybody what's on my mind. You got your goal. You did good. You wrote a goal. You put it out in front of you. But now you're talking, talking trash and talking this and talking that. And before too long, you divert from where you're supposed to be headed. And now you're heading in this direction and because it makes you feel good. And your pride is building you up. And, 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 they, and they, they're acknowledging you and all of those things. So, so let's just break it down. In, in, in verse 416, it says, it says um, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed. Everybody say being renewed. Our spirits are being renewed, restored, and refreshed every day. We're being transformed, and the Bible is clear about transformation. The transformation is the result of a renewed mind. Again, I say this all the time. When you get saved, the, 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 the stuff and the sin and all of those things, it doesn't just fall off you because you didn't fall into it overnight. Come on, somebody. That addiction. You didn't just, it, it started with a thought, and then it, 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 it created a baby, so to speak, called sin. But the Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Transformation happens. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. The pattern of the world isn't just sin. The pattern of the world right now is freak out. I don't like who's in the White House. I don't like this. I don't like that. And I'm going to let everybody know I don't like it. That's the pattern of the world. Because when I'm doing all this, I can't do much of this to the voice from heaven. Come on, somebody. A lot of times why we can't hear from God is because he, he can't get through. What are you saying, Pastor B? We talk too much. 
Or for this generation, we type entirely too much. Free your mind. Allow your mind to be disciplined. And the rest will follow. The work will be easier. It actually won't be work. It's just going to happen for you. Listen. Verse 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Listen. What you're facing, maybe you lost a job in 2020. Listen. I'm sorry. We're praying with you. We're praying for you. But God has a greater plan for you. He doesn't remove something and not to replace it. Come on, somebody. But I still don't have a job, and it's a year later. Listen, are you still here? Have you still been fed? Food. I'm not, I'm not trying to take it lightly. Listen, we're not promised anything. But the Bible says if he'll take care of the birds of the air, he's going to put food in your mouth. He's going to take care of you. You may have lost a loved one. Listen, those emotions are real. The pain hurts. This ain't good church talk, but I'm going to go straight to your heart. It sucks. Sorry, religious people. But it's true. But the Bible says they are light and momentary. And I'm standing before you today, and I can tell you that you will come through the darkness when you discipline your mind. Get into God's word. Josh, Brittany, and I have all, we, 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 could, we could just say, take all of this, God. It's all we've ever known. It's all we grew up knowing. And this is how we were treated. This is what we were left with. You can have it, God. Oh, we, the world tells us, you got permission to act that way. But there's discipline for our disobedience when God puts a call on your life. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. When things don't go right, you walk away. Well, I don't like. I'm going to walk away. Fix your eyes on the unseen. Get them off of the, of the, of the natural things. The enemy will always put stuff in front of you so that you're always looking. He's not going to put the stuff that reminds you of that God's hands on your life and he has a hope and a future for you. He's always going to put the turmoil and the chaos and all. He's going to always put that stuff in the forefront. But if you'll discipline your mind, I'm about to preach myself happy right off this stage. He's fixed, he said, fix your eyes on the unseen. What is he talking about? He's talking about supernatural faith. To see the unseen, you literally have to close your physical eyes and open your spiritual eyes. How do we do that? Through your mind, through, th- through your thinking, and through meditation. What am I talking about? I'm talking about managing your mind. You, you remind yourself, yes, there, there, there is going to be suffering. Yes, there's going to be trouble. Yes, there's going to be division. Yes, there's going to be opposition. But in spite of all that, through his word and time alone with the Father, I'm reminded of who I am in Jesus, which brings me a renewed strength on the inside. My body is dying on the outside, but my spirit is being renewed when I discipline myself and say, I'm not going to lay in the bed on Sunday, even though I had a hellacious weekend and it's crazy, but I'm, I'm getting up. I'm disciplining myself. I'm going to get to the house of the Lord. The fact that you're here today, I'm not trying to put you on blast. I'm just telling you, blew my mind. You're in the right place. 
Ain't everybody able. There's a strength in you. Strong. Silent, but strong. That's why we should be. Silent. We want to throw our weight around. We want to talk about what I know and what I got. Be silent. There's strength in silence. Society will tell you strength comes in running your mouth. That's called pride. And that'll get you in trouble. It's, it's the art of practicing meditation. It's, it's how I practice my faith. I don't just profess my faith. I'm a Christian. I'm blessed and highly favored. Devil can't touch me. It's more than that. It's more per, than professing. I, I'm, actually, I'm actually living and practicing my faith. Every day. For the past 18 months, you've watched our family practice what we preach. But listen, there are times where I've just got to be quiet and still. Quiet, still, and silent so that I can hear the voice of God. Perhaps the reason that you can't hear from God is because you're around too much noise. We've selected just a brief segment of, of, of crowd noise, and I'm going to get them to play it in just a second. Why can't, you hear, why can't I hear from God? Because most of the places that I'm going sound like this. What I was trying to tell you is God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. But society and the noise is so loud, you can't hear the voice of God. Sometimes you got to be quiet. I spent, I don't know, four minutes two weeks ago, and I just sat here. And we sat in silence. I felt the presence of God because sometimes that's what we got to do. Intentionally shut it All right, I got to wrap this thing up. I'm almost there. In part one, I told you that there were three things that we as Americans are addicted to. And here they are, bigger, better, and faster. Actually, I added the third one. I, I said bigger and faster, but bigger, better, and faster. What is that? Bigger house, faster car, better spouse. Hello. If they just treat me better. You know somebody else would treat me better. You know that I, I could get that back rub. That's that. I'm in church Golf laugh, that nervous laugh. I just need a bigger bank account. I, I just need to go to a bigger church. I need a better church. I, I need to have bigger influence. Listen, the danger in chasing after bigger, better, and faster is that we reduce ourselves and our self-worth to, to, to what we see rather than what God can do through us. I, re, I make decisions and choices off of what I see rather than what God is trying to do through me. It's not about you. And it's not about me. Hear me. I'm not against things growing fast and big. But as a guy who practices his faith daily, I understand that faith is not bigger, better, faster. Faith is about starting small, staying satisfied, and keeping things at a slow pace. Listen, faith. You ever tried to take a curve going real, real fast in a car? 
or a four-wheeler. Y'all remember the days we had the three-wheelers? Them things were dangerous. You didn't have four wheels to keep you balanced. If you turned it too much, yeah, listen. Something that you've got to know about starting things in faith is that they never start out big. I'm not talking about just church. I'm talking about your relationships. I'm talking about your finances. I'm talking about your family. They don't, they don't start, listen, they never start out big. They always start in a seed format. This is how God always works. Every hope and every dream that you have in your life starts in a seed format. Think about it. You don't start with a wedding. You start with a date. You don't start with a teenager. You start with a baby. You don't start with a big church. You start with a small group of people who go to it, show up at a house or a hotel and say, I think that God can use us to impact our city. That's how things grow. Lean over and tell your neighbor, say it starts small. Matthew 17, 20. Y'all still here? You still good? I know, I know you're in the room, but are you in the room? Yes. <laughs> I know you're here. I see you. 1720 says this, you don't have, this is what Jesus told them. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith as even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. See, faith isn't about strength. It's not about the strength of your faith. According to scripture, it's about the object of your faith. Think about, think about a ship. I love cruise ships. Think about any size boat. Most of the time, the anchor is always smaller than the, than the boat. Always. Even a little John boat, it's always smaller than the boat. So it's not about the size of the anchor. It's, what the, it's the object of what the anchor is connected to at the bottom. What's it connected to? It's connected to a rock. And when the rock connects with the anchor, it stabilizes the boat that no matter what happens in the storm, that boat is staying right there. Now, the boat may move this way, unless it's one of those ships with a stabilizer. It may move this way. And see, that's where we, sometimes we feel like because, just because you got your anchor down and you're connected to the Father, but sometimes you're moving this way and you're mistaking that, that move around that you're moving away from where. You, you feel like God's not, well, I, God, my anchor's down. How come, how come I'm not staying where I'm supposed to be? You really are. You're just moving positions. I know the analogies are real simple. That's because I'm at an elementary level. <laughs> Meditation is seed format. It's a daily habit. It's not the strength of your faith. It's the object of your faith. Can I encourage you today? It's not about, the, it's not a, it's not about how strong your faith is. It's not about how appealing your faith is. It's not about how sexy your faith is. It's always been about your faith. It's always been about your faith, regardless of how small it is, that it's your faith that is attached to the rock of all ages, and his name is Jesus Christ. We attach our, we attach our lives to a checking account, and when the digits start to go down, we feel like the ship is going to sink. We attach our lives to a relationship rather than God, and when that person walks away, our ship just goes topsy-turvy. Well, anything that isn't founded and grounded, marriage, finances, come on. If it's not grounded on the foundation of Jesus, anything that's not built on the rock will not stand in the storms of life. Amen. Faith is a lot like going to the doctor's office. 
What, do you, what happens when you go to the doctor's office? One word. You do what? <laughs> I got one better for you. Let me trump that. You ever been to the doctor's office in the middle of COVID? Things real different. They real different. What? Listen. It's the same way with God. I know that when I go to the doctor's office, I'm going to have to wait. But I don't just go, well, I don't want to wait. And I'm going to stay home. And <laughs> oh, my God. Huh? No, I go back to the doctor's office knowing that I'm going to have to wait. The same is true with God. God doesn't always give it to us just like we want. He wants you to wait. I was having a conversation with somebody this week, somebody who may have walked away and made some bad choices, and, and, and they've, they've, they, they, they're trying to, to get back, and, and, and things kind of creep back up from that old life or, or depression or different things, and they're like, well, I, it must not be making, it must not be working. It doesn't happen overnight. God's going to do the work in you before your family members around you see it happen on the outside. Don't get discouraged when, you don't, when, when you're still faced with things. God's doing the work from the inside out. That's why church and religious people have a hard time when people coming in. Well, they got saved, but they still got sin. Well, so do you. On, that prideful spirit. He's doing a work on the inside unless you're God himself, which you're not. You won't know that. I'm not being hard on you. I'm telling myself. Bradley, you're not in charge. I'm not in charge. God's in charge. And I'm not, I'm not trying to play tug of war with him. How many of you are playing tug of war? No, God, I got this. But I, I'm trying to give it to you. But I need to do it faster. God, I, give it, I need to do it better. I can do it better. God, I can do it better. I can build this marriage. I can build this relationship. Where'd she go? I don't know. I was too busy building. All right, let me wrap this up. So, so we need to manage our mind, number one. We need to understand, let me, I want to give you three keys. We need to manage our mind, understand that faith is not bigger, better, faster. It's smaller, slower, and we must choose to wait. Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew, there's that word, renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's a renewal. Something happens when we wait in closing. I want to give you three practical ways to lean in to God. You can add to the list if you want. These are just three that I practice in my own life. It's how I've managed to, to get through with the help of, of, of counseling and, and other things and other resources that I'm able to stand. And because of the Father and because of the love of my church family that I'm able to stand here today. That's why I'm saying stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected. So here's the first one. It's what I call two-minute meditation. It's simply stopping and breathing. We did that. Just stop and breathe. Just stop and breathe. What are we doing? We're clearing our mind and asking the Holy Spirit for help. Clear your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I saw this this morning when I was re-looking over my notes on social media. There are some things social media is good for. This was a quote that I read. The mind replays what the heart can't delete. The mind replays what the heart can't delete. 
you can't forget about her because you haven't deleted her digits. When we use the word meditation, a lot of Christians get, they get scared and skeptical. Listen, Eastern meditation is all about emptying your mind. Christian meditation is all about filling your mind. Eastern meditation is all about detachment from the world. Christian meditation is all about attachment to God. We, de- we detach from the confusion all around us so that we can attach and get closer to God. It's being present in the moment. Choose what's important and eliminate what's not. It's being intentional in that moment of being quiet. Two minutes, it's all, two minutes. For too long, you'll be like, wow, I need more than two minutes. It's sensing God's presence and recognizing it. Number two, scripture meditation. God doesn't just want me to read his word. He wants me to reflect on his word. He didn't want you to just come in here on Sundays and get a word. He wants you to get the word, take the word home, and live the word throughout the week. Matthew eleven twenty eight, and, I'll, and I'm through. I told the, the team this morning at prayer, I said, a lot of times when I'm, when I'm in Scripture, Scripture was written and inspired by God thousands of years ago, but it's, it's, it's meant for you and I personally. So let me just read this. It says, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, then Jesus said, come to me, all. Everybody say all. 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 That's Natty. That's Tammy. That's Janelle, that's Paul, that's Jack, that's Michael. All. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Now that just covered everybody in the room. (laughs) And I will give you rest. Take my, my yoke, take my yoke, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. Come to me, all of you. I read it as this. Bradley, come to me. Come to me. You're weary. Bradley, you're you're carrying too much. Jonathan, you're carrying too much. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Bradley, take my yoke. Let me teach you, because I am humble. And gentle at heart. And Bradley, you'll find rest. You do this, you'll find rest for your soul. You just told the congregation that the, con- that, that, that the calendar moves so fast. If you'll, if you'll take my yoke, it's easy. It's light. Spend time with me and my word and intentionally let it slow down. Come on, somebody. Bradley, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. And the lastly is posture of meditation when was the last time when was the last time you stand in here for worship but how many of you go home and just stand in your living room God I worship you almighty God there is none like you and I I worship you almighty God there is none like you. See, you don't need to stand in here. You need to get in, in, just stand in your living room. Your kids be like, Mommy, Daddy, what's, it's okay. It's okay. 
It's all right. Who knows? You might have your little Johnny come up beside you and just watch what you're doing. And I don't have a church. I'm not a pastor. I don't have the. You got a family? You got air in your lungs? You're called to reach people. When was the last time, when was the last time you just laid prostrate? Father, I can't do this anymore. I don't understand, but I trust you. Father, I need you. When's the last time? If you say never, start today. If you've never set a goal, start today. A new year is not going to... The things are not going to happen in 2022 to make it a new year. It's not a new year. A new year doesn't make a new year. No, a new year doesn't make a new you. New decisions do. That's really what I wanted to say. A new year doesn't make a new you. New decisions do. Got a video and then we're going to close. It's just a few minutes. Don't play it yet. Kyle Keller and Savannah that normally sit right over here shared this video with me a couple weeks ago. And in preparation for this message, the Holy Spirit said, that's what you need. need." Because I want you for just a moment to forget about your kids in the other room, your spouse sitting next to you, and I want you to just to have a moment. I want you to see what getting quiet in his presence. I want you to hear the voice of heaven. Kyle and Savannah were able to be here today. They went down south. I got a text this morning down south, I believe, to see some family, and they were going to get up at 4 a.m. to drive back to be here in time for church. And they had car, car trouble and are having to have their car towed from where they are back here. And I believe they're watching today online. Kill all the lights. Just close your eyes and listen. This is for you. you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you and He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image.
In me, you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you.
something that our team wants to make sure that you that happens in your life this this holiday season, this Christmas season, is that you experience a relationship with Jesus Christ and that you experience Him. Maybe you already have a relationship with Him, but that you experience God more as we cross into a new year because there's greater things are yet to come. And God wants to use you and I to do those things. And so I just, it's my, my role is to position you to get to the Father and then step out of the way. And I believe you've heard the voice of the Father today that He loves you, He cares for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I, I don't have a relationship and I recognize that I need to make him first in my life. If you would just take just a moment where you are and just slip up your hand. I just want to simply pray a prayer with you. There's hands here in the front. Any, anybody else? Anybody else just says, you know what, I want, to, I want to make things right today. I see that hand in the back. I see that hand. So let's repeat this prayer as a family from the front of the back, front to the back. It simply says this, Oh God, I come before you now confessing my sins. I've made a lot of mistakes and I confess to you that I need you in my life. Come in today. Come into my heart. Clean out anything that is not of you. Renew my heart. Renew my mind. Help me to have a disciplined mind so that my actions will line up with your word. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Today, God, I establish you as first in my life and in my home. And from this day forward, my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, you've never prayed a prayer like that, you, my friend, are a believer. You are born again. It is important whether you get connected to this church or another church that puts you in front of Jesus to get into his word and learn his purpose and his plan for you. You're a child of the most high God. I believe that with all of my heart. And actually, I believe that the, he the angels in heaven are rejoicing even now because of the decisions and the life choices that were just made in this place. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.